0: Up next is Inez. As a 56-year-old single mom of two living in a foreign country, she's had to reinvent herself many times to survive. But she's done more than survive. She is thriving. She has a great business in the health industry, helping women over 40, and so much more. I'm really excited for you to hear this interview, so tune in. Welcome to the Are We Home Yet? podcast, where I talk to expats about what it's like living, working, making a home abroad. You'll get great information for your move abroad via this podcast. Also, go to the website arewehomeyetpodcast.com and subscribe to the blog for more helpful information to make your home abroad a success. I'm your host, Jalila Clark. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the Are We Home Yet? podcast. With me today is Inez. Thank you, Inez, for joining me on the podcast today. How are you?
1: I'm very good. Thank you for asking me. Okay. All right. So, Inez, where do you currently live and how long have you lived there? I currently live in Malaga in southern Spain. And Mm -hmm. uh, in February, it will be 27 years. Wow. And so, you know, what's it like living there? You've lived there so long. I'm sure
0: you've seen changes occur so you know what was it like when you got there and then
1: what has it been like living there now through throughout all this time oh yes it was it it really was very different i remember um getting on british airways
2: flight with Mm -hmm. my husband and uh, two young kids and we were allowed to bring anything we wanted to there was no limit on on luggage Mm -hmm. and we arrived I was in this tiny little airport, Malaga Airport, Mm -hmm. and uh, drove along sort of a single little lane road um, towards where we we were living, probably about half an hour from the actual airport, Uh, originally on the coast. We lived on Mm -hmm. the coast for a while, and then he and I split, and I carried on staying here, and I've stayed on the coast and then moved inland Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. five years ago. So there's been a lot of change, a lot of development, property development especially. Um, since uh, since being out here, and a lot of advances in things. There were things like, for example, my son was nearly four when mm-hmm. we came out. And uh, so, fourth birthday, I went to make a cake and couldn't find an icing set, something as simple as an icing set you couldn't mm. get. <laughs> in yeah. Spain,
3: it's just a habit.
2: Uh, things like, it was mainly little shops, so... Um, vegetables were extremely fresh Mm -hmm. you only got the vegetables that were in season the fruits that were in season now you can get stuff all year round like it was in the UK Mm -hmm. and I remember thinking at the time you know all the things that you could buy in the UK that you could just go to the supermarket any time any day and time of the year and buy strawberries for example you Mm -hmm. couldn't do that here you you had a sort of a, a few weeks window that you could stuff yourself full of Fresh, fresh strawberries but you couldn't get them the rest of the time and that's changed you know so there's been uh advances in that respect
3: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: so where did you move from moved from uh, a place called Hartypool. it's up in the northeast of england near um, near newcastle
3: mm-hmm. i'm
2: originally from london i met my husband there but mm-hmm. he was from newcastle and over the years um as the kids came along we moved and we moved up there so that i came from a place that was extremely cold to a place that's extremely warm uh yeah i mean i when i when i landed i mean when we landed i just felt at home that's the only way i can describe it i just felt this was we were meant to be here Mm -hmm. but my husband -husband, Mm ex-husband he couldn't and that's the, the the interesting thing some people can some people can't and over the years i've seen people come i've seen people go some people stay for a few years some people stay for a long time and then they they literally they do go as they call it home mm-hmm. um, but for me, yeah it was a real shock with um, you could get things like tins of beans in the UK, more convenience type foods and uh, Uh, just different types of food. The cheeses were completely different, hams were completely different, cuts of meat, you didn't have a clue what what you were actually getting. Mm -hmm. Um, So something like a sirloin steak in the UK, which is nice and tender, out here can be very tough. It's just things like that. It took a while to get used to. My kids didn't really, I don't think they really noticed anything because they were young, Mm -hmm. but we really did. Um, uh, The the red tape, oh, the red tape, is just phenomenal, it's still bad here. Um, just trying to get something small done can take you weeks to get mm-hmm. sorted. Mm-hmm. Whereas in England, you just walk to somewhere and just go, hey, I want to open up an account," it's done in five minutes. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, it's, you're moving to a different country. You you really should embrace that. And there's good, there's pros and cons in every place. Everywhere you go, to, there are pros and cons. Um, but the culture was also, uh, to a degree, a shock. You tend to find, or certainly my experience has been. A lot of the expats tend to still live as they want to live, as they would live in their own countries, just mm-hmm. in a different country. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is—it's inherent. It's quite—it was quite interesting when my kids were growing up. They wanted to keep going out and playing with the Spanish kids. Now they don't eat until sort of nine, ten o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't mm-hmm. get to bed till about eleven, maybe midnight, and then they're off to school. And my kids tried to do that because I was quite a you know, a mum that wanted to sort of, I wanted them to fit in. I didn't want to drag them in at six o'clock and, you know, put them to bed at seven o'clock mm-hmm. at night. And uh, yeah. they, they themselves came up and said, we, they just couldn't handle it. They needed to eat earlier and go to bed earlier. So they stopped seeing their friends um, through the week. Mm-hmm. I, I, in the evenings because they just couldn't they just couldn't hack it which I thought was quite it was quite amusing when your children come to you and say <laughs> mommy can we go to bed please yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. me dragging them up the bed so yeah
0: quite a lot of differences
2: but uh, you have to get used to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: how did that work out because you know I'm speaking to you because you know you created this this uh, health and wellness coaching business but you know did that start immediately or did you work for a company at first no, neither of those. It's quite mm-hmm. strange or
2: quite funny, I suppose. When I was in the UK, um, so I'd had my second child and uh, I was studying law. I had gone back to decided to study law around the kids. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was my, my love was, was the legal system. Mm-hmm. And then when we decided to move out here, my husband at the time was an electrician. So he had a trade mm-hmm. and it suddenly struck me that he had a trade. It's something he can, he can take around the world um, because electricity is the same everywhere. Mm -hmm. Um, but I needed I I just we were good you see we were we were originally going to Australia and we were one reference off sending all the paperwork when my parents stepped up and said look why don't you try Spain it's a bit closer to home and if you don't like it you can continue so that's how we landed here it wasn't really we hadn't actually decided to come to Spain we were going going elsewhere so I could still have done my legal system and and carried on my studies obviously in Australia Mm -hmm. so suddenly I was like okay now what can I do and uh, my grandparents or the grandparents of my kids had taken them off to a local fair and they came back with this sort of face painting and the, the face painter and they loved it and everything. And I thought it was just an inspiration. I can do that. So I taught myself how to face paint and I expanded into doing a kids into being being a kids party uh into the kids entertainer and doing kids' parties. So I did that for half a year in the UK as my sort of practice round, built up quite a good business, moved out here expecting it to sort of take off in five minutes, and it didn't. Um, But slowly, slowly, I built it up because, to me, it was a trade. It's something I could do with my hands that I can do anywhere in the world, wherever I go. Mm -hmm. Um, So my husband, electrician. And then from there, I've always been self-employed. I mean, it was a personal decision when I had the kids. I didn't want to be apart from them. My parents were working parents with a garage Mm -hmm. and I didn't really see an awful lot of them and I do remember that it affected me and I didn't want to be someone who was never there with their kids Mm -hmm. so I had something that I could then take my kids to you know they could come with me if I had to take them to a kids party I could take them with me things like that and so that's why I developed that business Um, from there uh, after about 10 years I sort of the kids had grown up, and I'd, I'd really had enough of it. I couldn't, I couldn't cope with the kids anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided the kids' day, It's not my own kids. Um, and I got back into property before getting into the law. Of property and real estate was my was my love back then. Mm-hmm. And I got into property, and I developed a um, a property auction business over here in Spain. which is something that they don't do it in the English version way of doing it. Built that up, and then uh, got into property development. And then I got into health and wellness because of actual stress levels. And I actually got ill um, Mm -hmm. with pushing myself so hard. I was 42 and I had been working. I'd been sort of doing a little bit to do with with health and wellness, but I got more into it after that. So it was a development. It was a process. um, But I love being self-employed. I mean, it's like now you know, I've been up for a few hours uh, just watching TV, I've got to say. And then, you know, we've got this podcast and I've got a few things to do today and I may or may not get out of my pyjamas. (laughs) I On
1: know how things go. And I love it. I love it. Let's take a
0: quick break. I'm glad you're enjoying the show. Want to make your move abroad as smooth as possible? Download the ebook from the are we home Yet? podcast.com website for resources in making a home abroad. Unsure how to make money while living abroad? Download the free teaching online PDF with more than 20 online companies looking for people to teach various languages and different subjects download these two great items and make your move abroad a reality okay back to the show Okay, so, so what, what made you transition into your current business and how long did that take for, for you to actually see that, that it was like a business that,
1: that was running and working the way you wanted it to? Yeah, well, it was a very long process. Mm-hmm. Um, when I came over to Spain, I was very large. I was mm-hmm.
2: uh, well over 100 kilos in weight. Mm-hmm. I'd been trying to lose weight and struggling classic yo-yo diet or I tried this, mm-hmm. that and the other, lost gain, lost gain, etc. Mm-hmm. Anyway, when I came over because I was doing a bit of real estate at the time as well as the kids parties, I was walking up some stairs one day and I got very short of breath and chest pains. So went to the doctor, took bloods, and uh, they're very brutal out here. I mean, they've maybe me changed, but they're quite brutal. And they, he mm-hmm. sat there and he said, you're fat. And I'm like, I'm mm-hmm. translating this in my head. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. he, he's told me I'm fat. You know, that like, uh, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> how rude was my first sort of thought. And then I realized, you know, that um, he said, was then talking about my visceral fat, my internal fat was really bad. Mm-hmm. and it, it shocked me enough because by then I was a single mom as well, and I knew that, you know, it, it was me and the kids, and I really had to do something and be responsible because of them. Mm-hmm. So I got onto the uh, – I got, actually got onto a product called Herbalife. I was recommended, and I thought, well, mm-hmm. it's probably you no know, rubbish, um, but maybe, you know, I was desperate in desperate measures. But it, it for me, it worked, and I lost the weight. I lost um, 31 kilos, which is five stones, about seven and a half months. Without really doing anything different, I was, uh, was just working and dealing with the kids and that I felt really great so I just stayed on that but I, I it's something I've always been interested in as a kid I was interested in biology I was going I was sort of destined to, to go into medicine so biology and the, and the body and the body cells and how nutrition works it all has been a bit of a, a sideline interest for me mm-hmm. so I was I've been sort of monitoring myself with my with my weight failures and weight successes weight loss successes And it was that. And people then started asking me what I was doing and how I'd gone. And I just recommended them to the lady I was getting the products from. Never saw the business. So for 12, 13, 12 and a half years, I was just a customer. Um, And because I felt brilliant, just kept studying products, great. And it was when I was 42, I had this sort of this, uh, a bit of a breakdown, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, Partially, mostly body, but that that affected me mentally. Uh, I became a little bit depressed and stuff. But I developed cancerous cells in my cervix, mm. which was a real shock. I'd never mm. been sort of ill before, you know, mm. apart from flu and stuff like that. And um, I went to the doctor and, and I got these this uh, medication, went back six months later, and it hadn't worked. And uh, it, was, it was quite, a, quite a, a weird scenario. We came out, my husband and I, well, it was my third husband.
3: Mm.
2: Uh, I like wedding cake. So third husband and I, we came out and um, went for coffee. And I saw a, an article in a newspaper that was, a, um, it was a, a guy who was a life coach and he'd be given three months to live with terminal cancer, prostate cancer, just suddenly got it. Put himself on a very raw diet, did meditation, this, that and the other yeah. and effectively cured himself. And I don't know why it oh. resonated with me. And I tore up the medication, decided not to take it. I didn't want oh. to do, It just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And I did sort of followed what he had done. And I stepped up on vitamins, minerals and proteins and fiber, cut out sugar and, and dairy, cut out a lot of uh, toxic people out of my life, cut out a lot of stress and strains that I was putting on myself by trying to perform and perform for others and just sort of just chilled out. Well, six months later, I went back and the doctor could not believe it. It completely cleared up. I was completely pink and healthy. Um, and before that, I was facing either uh, chemotherapy or radiotherapy or, or, you know, whatever was the next sort of protocol. And he, he said, look, you know, as a doctor, we can't advise you to do this, but I'm telling you, do it. And just, you know, you've got you'll get you've got to come back for your uh, for 18 months worth of tests just to make sure every mm-hmm. six months get your all clear. And I got my all clear. And so it was that I think that was the real spur for me that completely made me start to look at the body and, and how clever it is and how what a wonderful vehicle we are sitting our heads in that we don't even realise about. You know, and I started looking into sort of more alternatives and more, you know, combination. I'm not against uh, traditional medicine by any means, but I think it has its place. And I think at the moment, everyone races straight to the doctor instead of thinking, hang on a minute, I might be able to do something a bit more naturally. Mm -hmm. So I come from that area. Um, People saw my results. And that's how I started my business, where people were asking me and I was giving them bits of advice and bits of advice. And then they weren't getting the results with other people, but they were coming to me. And getting results and not just on, on weight loss but all sorts of manner of things and then i saw that there naturally was a business so very slowly i started to um build my business mm-hmm. um, which i've been doing for it'll be 14 years in february so march march will be 14 years so yeah and i, I absolutely adore it you know, Get people just ringing up out the blue and I've got this problem blah 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 and, and I sit and talk to them it's not it's not just like here buy this or do that or this that and the other I sit and I talk and, and I try to give a bit of a holistic approach mm-hmm. you know with other ideas because little bits of exercise or types of exercise or mm-hmm. stretching all sorts of things everything can help everything has a little bit of help you can tell I'm a bit passionate about it.
0: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Which I mean, you know, at any time when I hear someone talk about a business and they speak really so excitedly about it, it's like, I mean, you know, you can show like, like you're putting really your whole self into it. And, and I completely understand, you know, when you mention like, you know, the exercise and the food, because, you know, even, um, myself, like this was, you know, a few months ago last year, I was feeling slightly down and, um, yeah. And, and I knew that I needed to change some things. And yeah, I I did start exercising again and changed my diet and, you know, something simple as that really, really made a difference in my mood. Okay. So then now is this your only business? Do you run any other businesses? I do run other businesses. It's not my only
2: business. I've come to recognize at the grand old age of 55 Mm -hmm. that I need to have uh, various things in my life. You know, I mm-hmm. I I I started and, and changed different businesses over the course of my time. I haven't sort of started a business and kept it going for like twenty years or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. or thirty or forty years. And I realised that I just need that change. I guess it's sort of in like it's just in me. Um, but I but as a sideline, I guess I we do uh, my husband and I we do rescue
3: mm-hmm.
2: mainly yeah. dogs. Um, and um, I was so we've we've got a we've got a pack of six and a and a cat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all sitting around my feet at the moment. Um and something that uh, I got involved in was um no pull, no escape dog harnesses. Mm-hmm. Now I'd uh one of our dogs um I hadn't trained to sort of not to, to walk sort of properly on the leash and so he got he I mean as he got bigger he got more obviously stronger and everything else and he was able to at the age of 11 months he could pull me along the ground i mean me skiing dry skiing behind him <laughs> And I, I know it was quite, it was hilarious, but frightening as well. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I need, I need to do something. I need to, because he's a Belgian shepherd, Malinois, people are a bit frightened, there's some frightened of the breed, but I, it's my responsibility. I need to make sure that he's under control if roundabout. about. So I got searching and I found this uh, l- lovely lady who was, who was actually making these harnesses, very unique, um, bought them and everything was fantastic. Two years ago, she passed away and it was her only business. And She wasn't doing, nobody else was doing it. And I kept getting um, asked about, because I'm in rescue and, and because, you know, people are taking dogs and having problems. And they're like, well, you know, what, what can we do? Can you help? Blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know, there's, there isn't anything out there on the market. So I decided that I would make them. So the ones I, oh, I've got, I've got a sewing machine and I taught myself how to use that. I taught myself how to sort of basically do it. And it's a, it's a very young fledgling business. It's not been going been a few months, I think it's been going, but it's doing really well, and I'm enjoying it because they're they're, they're made to measure. People send me the there's four measurements that I need. People send me the measurements, uh, what colour they want, and I make the harness. And it's something completely different to the uh, the, the wellness side of things. So it allows me to do my creativity, and I can put my phone down and just sort of concentrate on that, and that for me is is doing extremely well. Um, and alongside that, I got involved with a uh, a foreign exchange company business that a friend was doing quite well from. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the company actually, it's a, network, it's a networking business. It's not, uh, it's not that you do the actual trading. So they do the trading. It's just like an investment business, but
1: mm-hmm. you can network
2: it as well. And that's doing, doing really well. And I like the idea of having sort of two to three income streams, different things, because you never know something drops on one,
3: mm-hmm.
2: something else is okay on the other. And it, it, when you are, especially as an expat, you know, I've lived out here as a single mom. No benefits, no help from anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, my ex-husband, he went back to England. He didn't pay anything for the kids, so it was everything was on my shoulders and mm-hmm. has been. And I've just had to fight all the time. So you're mm-hmm. you're constantly, you know, sometimes you're robbing Peter to pay Paul and all this type of thing, juggling stuff around. So to have different income streams from different areas for me, I feel very secure that mm-hmm. if something were to drop, then I've got the other stuff that. Uh, keeps going, which I can pay my bills and feed the animals and, you know, enjoy life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, and, you know, I forgot to
1: have you mention, like, what what are the names of your businesses for anyone listening? All right. Yes. Yeah, so um, my it's all under InesRobinson.com. Okay. So my
2: my my nutrition business, my wellness nutrition is me. So it's Ines Robinson, I just branded myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the harnesses at Taracona Dog Harnesses, again dot com or also on Facebook, and the other one is CashfX, but you you'd need if anybody wanted to know more, they'd have to come to me anyway. So it's all under the same umbrella of my
0: name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And okay, so then now, how do you manage,
1: honestly, to like run all these businesses? People ask me that, and, and honestly, i'm I'm not I'm not I'm not superwoman by any means. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of I just sort of
2: bounce through the day with it. Mm -hmm. um you know i think the energy the energy that i've got helps it it very much helps Mm -hmm. um and i and i also still do the dog rescue there's some kennels not far from where we are Mm -hmm. and whilst i'm not doing any of my own anymore i'm helping a couple of rescues to uh, assess and walk their dogs and and try and promote them but a lot of it is i mean i work when i want to and i'm one of these right you know i'm doing something now and it's you know it's half past eight in the morning Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes i'll be doing stuff at one o'clock in the in the morning the other end but I'll rest in between. So I, that's the beauty when you work from home, you work for yourself, mm-hmm. is that you can manage your, your own timetable. So mm-hmm. at the weekend, i just gone, I had a, a fair. So I had to prepare everything for the fair, organise everything with the animals. I and then I was away for literally two days. It was just down the coast. I came back at nighttime, but just came back. My husband cooked. I collapsed and then back out the next morning. And yesterday I took the day off pretty much. I did a bit of yeah. posting, posting on social media. I love social media because it can make you seem to be <laughs> doing something when you're actually not, you know, you're there in your pajamas, bedhead hair, TV on, you just put some posts up and it looks good. Um, but yeah, so I just, I just, just do. I just get on with, with stuff as, as it is. so it can, it can sometimes get manic and sometimes things are all sort of piling on top of each other, but I try to make appointments with plenty of space in between because I like to take time with my customers, the wellness customers, because I actually, if I'm not on the, if I'm not on a Zoom with them, I'm physically seeing them or on a, on a, phone, on a call. And that I don't pretty much, I, I allow a couple of hours for. We never take a couple of hours. I wouldn't want people to think I nice sit before them for two hours. But, uh, you know, I allow that time so no one's in any particular rush. But yeah, it's all about organising, just, uh, mm-hmm. just putting things in your diary and just organising your day. It can all be done.
0: Okay. And so, you know, you said that you've been like an entrepreneur throughout your life, uh, but were you ever worried, you know, when you were in Spain, you know, it's a different country, you know, maybe you don't really like know enough
1: people, but like, were you ever worried about the business working out abroad? Oddly enough, no. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think probably as as
2: time has gone on and with age, I would be a little bit, maybe a little bit more uh, retrospect and possibly a little bit wiser. But mm-hmm. at the time, um, we sold our house. I think we had about 22,000 sterling um, in 1995, which is not bad. You know, it's a bit of, it's a bit of money. Mm-hmm. And we, we just both came out with with just wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. Didn't really think about it at all. Um, and it was a shock because here, things don't take off straight away. It um, might be a bit different now because people are on with social media and stuff. But back then, there wasn't any. And so there was one English newspaper called Sir in English, put an advert in there, nobody called. And I was used to the UK, I put the advert for my kids' parties in there. You you knew when the adverts came out. The phone was off the hook and I was permanently booked. It took me a year to build up the business here. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, I just get out there and do stuff. I mean, I I did waitress for a little while. So that was something else I did, Um, did a bit of waitressing. I have had jobs when I've needed them, I've taken a job. So I waitressed for a while, which worked perfectly around my kids' parties. Um, and then when I didn't need the job anymore, I, I quit the job. Worked for a real estate agent for a while and then set up my own because I could see what, what they were doing and, you know, how I could do it better and, and do it for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did that, but I sort of work my own business alongside a job. And then when I've got to the point where the, where the time, it's not so much the money, but it's a time constraint, you just physically can't do more then that's the time for the job to go and shut your eyes and, and take a leap of faith. You know, sometimes you just got to take a leap of faith. Mm-hmm. It's like moving out to a new country. You you don't know how it's going to go. You might not like it. Mm-hmm. You might hate absolutely hate every I know people who have loved coming here on holiday, who have made the move and have been miserable and they've gone back to what they were doing. They've moved back to their home country and just come out, you know, because they, they just can't hack living out here. It's for me it was yeah I think for us it was it was an adventure.
1: I mean, it's mad now. I was thinking about it It was just us and two kids and a dog. And it was like, what were we thinking? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now to in order to
0: like create a business in a completely different country, like, you know, I'm assuming like, you know, you you dealt with things like visa process and, you know taxes and legal documents for the business like what was all that like like who did you how did you find someone to help you who did you find to help you like where did you find resources for all those things that you know you need to you know stay in the country as a business owner you know not just like just like a like uh you know someone working for a company
1: but also start up and run a business well it was a lot easier back then i mean now the uk with brexit now is the same as america Mm-hmm. So in
2: order to uh, cover, for a, a British person to come to Spain permanently, they've got to start the visa process in the UK mm-hmm. here because it, because it was part of Europe and we were part of Europe. Mm-hmm. It, there was the, the freedom of movement. So we came out um, and we, you know, to sort of try and to sort of see how things were going. And if we, you know, if we wanted to stay, we, mm-hmm. we sort of gave ourselves like three to six months and see, and we quite enjoyed it. And my husband actually got himself a job and with the job, because he was on a contract, he was able to apply for his Residencia. And as his wife, I was able to get Residencia on the back of him mm-hmm. um, and get the kids' Residencia. So that's how we did the paperwork side. I actually, he, his company did the, his paperwork side. And I did my, our, our paperwork side with my Pigeon Spanish and, and, you know, bits of paper and stuff. And, and just trying to work it out, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and not having, it's trying not to have the fear of making yourself look an idiot. You look an idiot, who cares? You know, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, so we got that, and then with businesses, it was a, 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 the, the best way here is you'd either get a what's called a hair store which is like a, a legal accountant, mm-hmm. uh, are the best people to go for, or a lawyer. You can go to a lawyer, they can set up a company for you. Um, uh, because you've either got the self employed side where you have it's, it's, everything is official, so mm-hmm. you're either officially self employed or you're officially own a company, mm-hmm. you know, one way or the other. Um, you probably could do it yourself, but you're better off just getting a hair store. And so that's what I did. We had a hair store that did the paperwork for us. Just you know, pointed to where you sign, and then every month you make sure that you've got the money in your account to pay the um, the autonomo for self-employed, which is the um, uh, like social security payments for the self-employed. You pay that every month, right? Right. into the month, and then every quarter you've got to do your taxes. So then you, you know, you just give me giving you receipts and your bills and everything, and they tell you how much you're going to pay. So it is re- It is actually relatively easy, but you need to have money to be able to do it. That's the mm-hmm. big thing. A lot of people do come out and underestimate, I think, the funds that they need. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very lucky. I was, because, because I'm resourceful, I guess, and I'm prepared to do anything. If I have to go clean toilets, I'll go clean toilets.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I don't have any fear or shame or anything. I do what I've got to do in order to make a few quid, um, and certainly back then. And so that's, what we did we sort of worked and and Derek got work quite straight away and then he he hated the electrics because the electrics are so bad here or were so bad here he was actually frightened of doing it in case he's in case a fire started He said it was horrific so he changed his work into doing becoming man and van which is just removals small small removals Mm -hmm. and um so he was doing that and and I was doing once I picked up the kids parties I started to work for a um a timeshare resort doing kids parties through the summertime kids sort of entertainment thing and um around, doing some magic around some of the bars and things and i i've never i've never had a problem finding work to be honest um but it's just you've just got to be prepared to get out there and, and be a bit be a bit creative
0: mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. were you ever worried that you know maybe only expats might support your business and you know maybe the locals might be like "Mm, well I don't know about that and 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 not you know not really be part of like you know what you were trying to create or what you were you know already already had created
2: yeah I mean it it is a worry that it is only going to be expats that support you Mm -hmm. um doing what I was doing I was the only a female specific kids entertainer. There were entertainers that would do kids parties, Mm -hmm. but there were none that were only kids entertainers. So I had quite a niche. Uh, And if you're working with kids, you always have huge amounts of work because that's, you know, it it was never never a problem. I did did find it hard to get going initially. I worked with an agency that were charging me out more than double that I was actually getting, (laughs) which was phenomenal. Um, but then once people found out that, that and my name just went around, you know, just sort of because you've got a party of 30, you know, a, a class of 30 kids. You get in to do one party, 30 yeah. kids have, or uh, more or less, you know, 20, 25 kids have seen you. And your number just they just keep coming up for your number. And next thing you know, you, you sort of I was doing two and three parties a day uh, in the end. And the good thing actually about coming to a foreign country and work, even working with expats, if you have something that the, the locals would like, you're going to be, they will find you. I mean, I had no problem at all. So because of of the the British schools here, quite a few of the private schools, a lot of the Spanish, the affluent Spanish were putting their kids into the private English schools because they wanted their children to learn English properly and and be brought up in that sort of scenario. Mm -hmm. So what would happen is you'd have a kids party and you'd have a mix of um, expats, can't call them British because they were all just in nationality, but expats. And mm-hmm. some Spanish would be in there, and it only took one or two. And I was starting to get calls. It was about. It was. It was almost twelve months later. I was mm-hmm. getting calls from Spanish all over the place. It was. Mm-hmm. It was incredible. So then there was the communion um, system, which you, the communions and the weddings start in May here and go until June. It's a specific uh, season for it, and I was absolutely. Uh, I mean, I was turning totally work away. I couldn't. I just couldn't cope. It got ridiculous in mm-hmm. the end. I just couldn't manager you know so i know ne- the answer is no i've never had a uh i've never actually had that fear because it's probably because it's never actually happened i suppose mm-hmm. if i started something that didn't take off and it didn't take off for a period of time i'd be yes double questioning myself you know was i doing the right thing mm-hmm. but i mean i again i've known people who come out here good builders for example uh they are in such demand because mm-hmm. there are a lot of expats here who speak english as the common tongue mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um because you've got all the little scandinavians you've got germans you've got you know so many if they don't don't, any expat doesn't speak spanish if they speak english it's it's our common language so it's not just the british it's everyone else Mm -hmm. um so if you're good at your work yeah you you won't have an issue Mm -hmm.
0: and so how how did you meet you know expats initially like you know not not just like say like clients for for business um but you know just to make friends
1: how how did you accomplish that like where did you go what did you do kids school that was really it <laughs> mm-hmm. the children's school because I, I mean my, my, both my husband and I
2: were sort of particularly big drinkers we weren't sort of out you know standing around the bar that would be the other place would be actually going to bars and things like that mm-hmm. um, and quite a lot of the expats do their own sort of um, connection groups you know sort of uh, meet, meeting groups and things like this um, but yeah, it was the kids' schools. I made some good friends. One one lady that I'm still in contact with, She's her, her, her our kids went to the same class. Our daughters were in the same class from the age of, I think they were seven. Now they're 30 and 31. So, you know, it's been a long-term relationship. Um, and June, she's now in, in Scotland. She, she's gone back to Scotland. Um, but yeah, it was the kids' schools and now with with sort of with social media but there's loads of groups and things people do run groups and down here on the coast uh, in spain um i'd love to give a shout out if it's okay to ali mehan who set up costawomen.com mm-hmm. and it's a free it's a free website it's a free networking website
3: mm-hmm. um,
2: for social okay. and business um and uh, when she came out she didn't know anybody and she's very into it and didn't know how to meet people so she set this thing up for people who have an interest in spain Mm-hmm. um so you can be abroad thinking about coming to spain or you could be here and through that i've met a, a huge amount of ladies um which has sort of opened lots of doors so which is yeah, that's been great
1: mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. yeah i love that i love that um that you know she's trying to help other people you know adjust as well i love that what do you feel have been like the struggles and joys of being an expat and you know
1: and 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 also a business owner. Oh gosh. Well the struggles, a lot of the struggles, I, I think it's just they're just normal
2: struggles. You're gonna have normal struggles as you would do in your home country. Mm-hmm. But when you're in a foreign country, you don't know where to go. That's mm-hmm. I think the probably business wise, that's the biggest thing. And not just business wise, health-wise, um, you want a dentist, you want to, you know, you don't know who to ask. It's sort of having having people that you know that you can ask. Uh, and when I was out here, of course, we didn't have internet. We didn't have Facebook and social media and all this type of stuff. So you would ask your neighbor, and if your neighbor was a wrong one, you you would get bad advice um, and tough. You know, nothing you could do about it. You just had to sort of suck it, suck it up and see. Um, so I think the loneliness of not knowing where you are, just suddenly being thrown in, in at the deep end and and, and trying to swim, it's, it. it, it, it was a sink or swim scenario. Are you, have you found the best school for your kids? Do you do private, do you do um, uh, state school? Do you do private health, do you do state health? You know, all these sort of questions that suddenly hit you, which you don't have to think about when you're in your home country because you grow up with it. You've gone to the school, so your kids will go to that school, you know, it's that type of uh, thing. And I think um, having to think for yourself and having to abide by your own decisions that can be, you know, uh, that's both sides of the coin. That's good and it's also bad mm-hmm. because you don't have that uh, that ability, you know, that that sort of you've just got to make that decision and go, I don't know if I'm doing the right thing here, but do it anyway.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but it's also part of the fun, you know, the, the, the fun of, of being an expat is, yeah, you feel like a pioneer in your own right because you're forging something that no one else in your family is Ever done that uh, you are doing? You're leaving, I think, a great legacy for your own kids. I mean, it's, it's it's a big source of pride watching my kids grow up, and not having not having the fears that I had as a youngster. I always wanted to travel when I was younger, um, and I, I don't know why. I just sort of felt a bit sort of scared of traveling on my own. Um, but they don't have that fear. They'll they'll go off and they'll do this and they'll go off and do that, and they're both doing exactly what they want to do, and they're happy and very content. And I think as parents, what you want for your kids, and they've had. Such a, a diverse upbringing, um, mm. which has set them in good, put them in good stead for any issues and problems and things that come their way. They're just able to handle stuff. Um, so yeah, the, the joys. are, Well, I'm sitting here talking to you. The sun has just come over the over the mountain. It's mm-hmm. glaring into my eyes. I'm looking to my right, and I can see my cat sleeping. But through the window, I can see the swimming pool. The views are to die for. You know, I mean, I'm sitting here having a having a coffee. And that, for me, is the joy, the simplicity of just existing and living in mm-hmm. such a beautiful, beautiful country of my choice, mm-hmm. not the choice that someone that I was born into. I was, you know, very grateful and, and very, uh, very thankful that I was able to have the freedom to be able to make that sort of choice and, and do our own thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the joys for me completely outweigh the struggles. The struggles are there. They're mm-hmm. always going to be there, but you just have to, you know, deep breath and on with the next one you know having to get up at a certain time and get ready and rush out the door and and, you know worry about being being on time for work and traffic Mm -hmm. and all that i don't have any of that i you know i don't have any of those stresses and strains Uh, and i remember them and and certainly when i lived in london all those years ago and sort of panicking about getting to work if you if you miss if you were sort of five minutes later and hit the school run (laughs) you -hmm. you really were you just forget about it you know you, you just about get to work um So, yes, it's uh, the quality of life. For me, the quality of life is is phenomenal. I like a simple life. I'm not into anything sort of, you know, fancy and what have you. I like to get up when I want to get up. I like to do do what I want to do and be who I want to be. um, And I'm able to do that. And I have complete choice of everything Mm -hmm. um, over my timetable, over what I do. Whereas for me, working for somebody isn't my thing. But I understand the security of working for someone. You know, everything comes at a price, doesn't it? So, mm. working for yourself, you've got the worry that if you don't make enough money, are you going to be able to pay your bills? Are you going to be able to put food in the cat in the in the fridge? And I have lived with that over my time. There's been some times where it's been very, very hairy and very, very touch and go, mm. and very, very difficult. And it's you know, but I've never thought about returning back to the UK um, or quitting. It's just a case of right, how do I get around this challenge? And I think if you have the right mindset, you can just really, you can do anything. You really can. There's no, there's nothing stopping you, only you.
0: Okay. And so like the cost of living was probably less, like, did that help in creating and running your business?
2: Yes, massively. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just a general cost of living. I, the electricity has gone up, but even so, I think it's still better than it was where we were. Mm-hmm. Um, cost of heating, we don't have much of it because of course it's not cold for that Length of time
3: mm-hmm.
2: um, even now we're, we're January, and we have been through a bit of cold spell we don't put the heating on until five in the after, five six in the afternoon and it goes off about 10, 10 11 at night mm-hmm. so it's only like four or five hours. Um, food is you know if you eat local and local produce which we like to again really really good value and a lot of it you can get for nothing uh, at the moment there's a glut of oranges and lemons and citrus fruits on the trees and there are people going here have bags of fruit so you've got you're given that for nothing. Um I get scraps of meat scraps from the butcher for next to nothing for my dogs. Um, so you can you can actually live we live very cheaply. We li- we do live very cheaply. And even going out is cheap and they're you know for eight and a half euros I don't know what that translates to in in um in your country but it'll be about seven, seven and a half sterling. Mm-hmm. You can have a two course meal with a drink here, you know, and a good sized meal mm-hmm. and that's out. You know? So someone else is doing the cooking someone else is doing the cleaning up after you um, so yes, the answer is and, and that helps because if you are starting your own business, you need to keep the costs low. And if your costs are high, then you've got to factor that in and be able to live and survive until your business breaks even. Uh-huh. So it very much helps there. But interestingly enough, you can still charge you know higher rates for your business. It's not that your rates have to be low accordingly, even though the um level of you know living, the, 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 the cost of living is low you can actually, depending on your business, um, you can actually earn good money. So it's, mm-hmm. a, it's, 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 it's great because with expats, a lot of them are uh, retired people, retired or semi-retired, and they have money. So they want people to do their bidding. They want their you know, gardeners and cleaners and, and people to go do stuff for them, You know, run them around and stuff stuff like that. And they're prepared to pay a proper wage for it as well. So it's a uh, it's quite a good if you, you if you set yourself upright it's actually very good.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, what's your day to day like at work,
1: and then you know when you're away from work, downtime? Well, day to day, I I get up, I get up quite early, mm-hmm. uh, as you can tell.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I do, a, a, I'm
2: watching, a, I'm watching a box series at the moment, Grey's Anatomy, been on for years. I've never. Oh yes,
0: season. yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, you like that? Yeah. It's yeah like on yeah. A,
2: on a season night watch a couple of those and then I try to, I, I do try to keep a bit of a, a routine. So I start work at 10, whatever it might be. It could be just, I don't even look at my phone normally um, until until sort of just before then. And that's when I do emails, I might do a blog, I might do some social media posts or, you know, depending on what my day is, if I've got a harness to make, it tends to be a little bit later. Um, so before before 10 o'clock is when I get my stuff done. Take the if I'm going to take the dogs out for a walk, then i bundle them in the car and, and off we go. Um they're fed, I'm fed, all ready to go, start at 10. And then I try to stop at two and then sort of two to four, which is the classic sort of Spanish times. Two to four is like your lunch. Uh, and then I'll um I'll either just rest or sit in the garden or might even go over and see the rescue dogs and do something with them. And then I come back and do a couple more hours. So that's what that's what I try to do and, and appointments are within that and you know um that's how I try to sort of keep my keep my life downtime. I used to work twenty four seven. I used to. It's the downside of being self employed is that you can because you can pick up the phone or pick your work up at any given point. You can get into the um, into the habit, bad habit, of going, "I'll do it later," "I'll do it later," "I'll do it later." Next thing you know, you're working on a Sunday or you're working on a Saturday and, and stuff like that. And it's funny how the mind works because for me. Uh, I, I, I resent working on a Sunday because it's a Sunday. No other reason. You know, if I have to do something on a Sunday, then I want to be able to take Monday off. So I try to keep the weekends free. Saturday morning, I'll, you know, a few bits and pieces I've got to pot around and do. And then that's it. I'm off for the weekend. I'll always be posting something because a lot of people follow me because of the um, we hand raised a kitten from 10 days old with a pack of dogs who don't like cats. And they helped raise her. It's been quite an incredible uh, experience. And I was posting it. So there's a lot of people who follow Tigger the Cat Pup (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and what she's up to and what she's doing. Mm -hmm. And People see me in the street. It's like, hey, how's Tigger? It's not like, hi, Inez, how are you? Hey, how's Tigger? It's like cats are all well. And she's bought her own book out. She has her own diaries. Um, So, yeah, so I just just basically chill out. I do a bit of gardening. I've got loads of pot, um, pot, pot plants, um because they're just easier to keep and not to kill um and that's really what I do I'm around the house I mean we have a lot we have quite a lot of of land around us so there's always something that needs doing and again it just it keeps me doing something but not uh not my work so I can Mm -hmm. keep busy without my
0: actual work and then I'm
2: refreshed ready to start Monday again
0: okay and so
1: you know where do you see your business or businesses in the next few years I see them all growing. I see them all growing. Um, I'm quite excited about them all,
2: actually. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite intriguing, and it's, it's it's quite funny because you know one day you'll be you'll have one that's more of a popular one that you fancy doing, and the next day it'll be the other one. Um, yeah, but my uh, I I see them all. I see them all growing. I mean, my eventual uh, plan for the harnesses uh, is to have like a little little warehouse, the where there we, you know, with a few staff that are churning out these harnesses because they have to be handmade. They can't be made by factory. Uh-huh. Um, so that would be nice and I, I really like the idea of employing the locals so initially I'll probably uh, I, I plan to take on um, machinists but in their own home so give them a little oh. bit of work and you know as we build and then uh, have a have an actual facility there uh, the cash effects will just I, I just sort of mention it to people who might be interested in sort of you know making them letting their money work for them Rather than leaving it sat in the bank, so it's, it's it's sort of more on the back foot. I'm not I'm not massively passionate about it. I enjoy it. It's it's great, and it's, and I, I can see how it really helps people. And I think that's really my my thing is helping people. And mm. as long as I can help people, then I will always recommend whatever it is with other people's businesses. It doesn't matter to me as long as it's helping someone. Yeah. Ooh, it's my husband's phone waking up. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. So, uh, but my my wellness business will always be there. I'm sort of quite focused on um on women over the age of 40 mm-hmm. uh, that's my my sort of big thing it seems to be my tribe people mm-hmm. who really want to increase their energy levels and just feel good and just you know feel great and that's where i'm i'm really helping uh, a lot of people and again it's just going to grow it's just going to grow and get bigger and um i'm just plodding along with them all which mm-hmm. is which is great
0: okay.
1: how do you reconcile you know missing your your family your friends well, I've got to say I'm sort of quite lucky in a way. My son lives here, mm-hmm. so he's so
2: uh, – I mean, there was a time where we couldn't leave our homes and there was a time we couldn't um, travel outside of our little areas, mm-hmm. our little towns. Um, but we were we, we just carried on connecting with each other on, on WhatsApp. Mainly we use WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my daughter and uh, her husband and my grandson live in London, and my daughter gave birth in uh, last May – and that was that was difficult. I really wanted to go there. And the year before that, she was uh, she, they got married in a, a registry office, and that was something else that I couldn't I couldn't be with her for. And that really was very difficult. We were on Zoom, and it was very bittersweet. But you know, we were all everybody was in the same boat. There's nothing else we could do. Three weeks after Alex was born, uh, I made the decision. However difficult it was, and where, whatever it took, I was going to go over there, and I did. Mm-hmm. And I went over, and I spent a week um and, and we were in quarantine which is great because i could just stay in my pajamas all day long so it really wasn't a, <laughs> much change for me for mm-hmm. my life uh, but we took it we did take a day trip out and drove down to see my 95 year old grandma mm-hmm. um it was my grandma so it was like great great grandma to Alex. yeah and she mm-hmm. never thought she would see him you know so, so it was really good to see her mm-hmm. um but yeah we just it, it, i suppose in a way it was quite funny because when we had locked down here we were allowed to go out and go to the shops, and um, I think that was about That was the worst bit was it, that you, you were only allowed to go to literally go and get food and come back. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that that's a lot of my life because I don't really leave my home an awful lot unless I have to go somewhere. I don't go somewhere, I don't sort of like, oh, let's pop out for a coffee. It's not how we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, we, we, our life is lockdown life, <laughs> wasn't mm-hmm. an awful difference, but yeah. When someone tells you you can't do something, that was the worst thing because you're told that you can't do it. And that's when you want to rebel against it and go, what do you mean I can't do it? Who says? Yeah. But, um, no, it, it, you know, it was something we've all had to go through. And I think the whole world can, can understand how everyone has. But it, it was difficult. Uh, but since then, we've all caught up and that's been great.
0: Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, OK, so then like, you know, one last question. Um. So what's your definition of home? You've been there for quite some time now. You know, you've created not just one, but, you know, more than one business. Um, you've really like helped locals, added to the economy, made a difference in the in the society there. So, you know, what's your definition of home? And do you
1: feel having a business maybe added or increased that feeling of home? Here is home. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do find it strange where
2: and there are people who, expats who have lived here for years, mm-hmm. and they, they say, oh, I'm going home next week. And I'm, I, I sort of look at them and I'm thinking, well, where are you going tonight then? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going yeah. home, like to their, to their home country. <laughs> it confused mm-hmm. me. I, and, they, and people say that to me, do you ever go home? Do you ever go home? I said, yeah, I go home every night. I live yeah. here. This is my home. Mm-hmm. I don't understand that. I, I can't get my, I actually can't understand that. If you if you if somewhere else is your home then this isn't your home mm-hmm. how can it be your home mm-hmm. your home is where you are surely mm-hmm. and where you live these are where my roots are I have I have nothing in common with the UK I go back to the uk it's like it's like visiting France there's no there's no no connection there's no love there's no nothing
3: mm-hmm. this
2: is home and you know Spain is home so yeah business obviously makes you grounded especially being self-employed because you're not uh, when you are self-employed taking holidays can be difficult i mean i'm very grateful with what i do not so much with the harnesses because i'd have to have the sewing machine with me but everything else i can you know i literally work it all from my phone mm-hmm. so i can i can travel anywhere i have that freedom mm-hmm. and i think for me knowing that i have that freedom makes me well makes me happy to stay at home if that mm-hmm. makes any sense uh, you know if, if sort of. i'm the sort of person if i feel constricted in any way i fight against it even if it's completely irrational um but the the business keeps me here but it's the business is here because I'm here this Mm -hmm. was home first you Mm -hmm. know and it has been from I would say from day one I never felt homesick Mm -hmm. or wanting to return or even how difficult things were at times Mm -hmm. I never thought I wish
1: I was back in England it -hmm. was never you know you're gonna have the same struggles there anyway so why not have it the sunshine (laughs) <laughs> yeah so then so then what what was your definition
0: of home that like immediately made that home then ooh,
2: I guess I guess putting your own stamp on the house mm-hmm. you know when you when you move into a property mm-hmm. be it rented or that you own mm-hmm. um putting your own pictures up and putting your own uh style mm-hmm. in the house you know when we've rented we we have we we, we have our own furniture so it's you know it's it's it, it that's what's home but it's more to me. It's more a feeling. It's mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It's hard to describe. Mm-hmm. Why? Why did I feel at home when I came to Spain? Mm-hmm. I honestly, I I couldn't tell you. I couldn't say there was one specific thing. I just very much felt that this is where I'm meant to be,
3: mm-hmm. and I haven't
2: moved very much from the area I started off in. It's not like
1: I've tried different areas or
2: mm-hmm. anything else, you know. So, um, but this is home. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: Well, it, it definitely has
0: been wonderful speaking with you today. And, and I love how energetic you are about, you know, your business, about businesses, about where you live. Um, and, and so, you know, it really was a lovely interview. And, you know, I, I hope that everyone enjoyed this interview as well. And I hope that, you know, everyone continues to like, you know, listen to future interviews and subscribe and write reviews, uh, because there's so much to talk about in terms of living a Abroad, struggles, joys, you know, um, and and really like the the wonderful experiences that we all have from finding a home somewhere where it wasn't our original home. It it really is wonderful. So with that, I'm gonna say I hope all of our listeners have a great day. And Inez, I hope you have a great day as well. Thank you, and you too. Okay, thanks. Tune into my next interview with Stephen. He's an expat from the UK, but he's also lived in israel america and now mexico with the love of his life he's a podcasting executive who sees where podcasting is going and there's no end in sight to it so tune in i'm glad you enjoyed the show remember to hit subscribe on your podcast player and also leave a great review and rating of this podcast as well i'm Jalila clark see you next time